I get so much out of my AMA membership. My favorite part is the networking and connections I have made within the marketing community. I feel so fortunate to have the opportunity to build relationships with like-minded professionals in the capital region. Welcome to the Capital Marketer Podcast presented by the American Marketing Association, AMA New York Capital Region Chapter. I am Blaze Bryant. I have a co-host here with me, Casey Madsen from the United Way of the Greater Capital Region. Hey, Casey, how are you? Hello, I'm good. How are you? Good. And you're one of our newest volunteers. So we're throwing you right into the podcasting fray here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to jump right in and um, talk with you and Tom today. Only way to do it, right? Absolutely. As you alluded to, we have our guest here, Tom Torello, who as of July 1st will be the president-elect of the AMA New York Capital Region chapter. And he's here to talk about or give us a preview of an event that he is doing on the differences between marketing to millennials and Gen Z, because while the generations may be close, let's be real, there's uh, some big differences, and we look forward to hearing Tom's insights. Tom, always good to talk with you. Thanks for joining us here on the Capital Marketer Podcast, now on the guest side of things, as opposed to the last time being a co-host. <laughs> Blaze, yeah, I think I, I like being on the co-host side, I think, better, but I'm looking forward to the conversation. I'm looking forward to uh, the presentation next week. Is it is it more prep being a guest? <laughs> yes, I think it is. I think I spent more time getting ready for this than I, I than we did when we uh, did our interview together when we were co-hosts. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we were just talking about names then. This is a little bit more nuanced. Uh, <laughs> kidding, Molly Young. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> how come the topic area, Tom, of the differences between millennials and Gen Z? It's been an interest for mine, for me, obviously, because of, of what I do for a living, right? I've been working in higher education marketing for, uh, before there were, there was a Generation Z. So um, to me, it's fascinating as, you know, as we're marketing to this new generation, the differences in what we need to do and how we speak to them and how they're different from the previous generation that is really now just sort of work their way through high school and college. And this new generation is now coming in and for the most part, filling the college ranks. So it's a, it was a very professional interest to me, but also sort of a personal interest. Tom, I saw um, in your presentation, you're gonna talk a little bit about what the key differences are. Um, and I was doing a little bit of research um, on the differences in the generations. I myself am a millennial. Um, so I have a little bit of personal insight about the millennial generation, but what do you think some of the like main differences are that marketers need to know? Or what are like the really, the differences that outshine um, the others? Uh, yeah, thanks Casey. Um... And let's just start for people who don't know necessarily, millennials uh, were born between 1981 and 1997, uh, right? So they're in that 24 to 40 year range right now. Gen Zs were born between 97 and 2015. So they're somewhere between six and 24. And obviously that's a big range and there's a, there's gonna be differences between a six year old 
Gen Zer and a 24-year-old Gen Zer, and the difference between a 24-year-old Gen Zer and a 25-year-old millennial probably isn't that great. But overall, when you look at the two generations, there are some differences. Um, and part of that, it comes from, you know, when they grew up and what affected them most. Um, when you think about it, that the, the millennials were really born during the tech boom, when technology was exploding, when the economy was exploding and things were going great. And then and they, when they were older, they saw the, the, the crash, uh, you know, in the late 90s. And, and it affected them differently than the millennials or the Gen Z who grew up after the tech boom, when social media was, was part of the landscape. Uh, and, what, and they grew up in a household that was probably feeling the effects of a recession. So um, all that really sort of shaped who they are. Also think about some of the things that went on. Uh, some of the major milestones in, that happened in this country in particular. Uh, we, you know, 9-11 is not a memory for Gen Z, very much a memory for, for most millennials. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and the security that came after and the way the world reacted to that is just always been part of life for Gen Z, but it was a major change for millennials. Columbine happened uh, when Gen Zers, the oldest Gen Zers were only two years old. So again, that's not a memory for most of that. So the, the, the idea of high school shootings and the security and those issues are have always been part of Gen Z and really were not part of millennials' life growing up. So these things in a lot of ways have shaped who they are. Um, and what you ultimately see is a, uh, a, so maybe a more skeptical Gen Z than millennials. Um, they are uh, more individualistic. Whereas with millennials, you will see they tend to be more collaborative. They're happier working right. in groups. Gen Zs want to work individually. They want to be on their own. They don't want to work in a group setting, uh, interestingly enough. Not they don't want to be with their friends and spend time and, and do that, but ultimately they feel more uh, comfortable when they're on their own. They're taking control of themselves. That's a big difference, I think. Um, what they're looking for out of life, I, there's some major differences as well. One of the things you really see with, with Gen Z is they really are thinking about their personal brand. And right. for us, say in higher education, when you're talking to students, we would often talk to them about the great jobs they could get uh, after they graduated with great companies that they could have great careers with. That message really needs to change with Gen Z because it's less about that great company and more about how you can build a personal brand that's going to be of value that you can take anywhere with you. That you can, that you'll be a value inside a company, or maybe you want to do your own thing. It's very possible yeah. that the Gen Zers imagine themselves not sitting in an office at a large, even at, at a company like Google or Facebook, but they're seeing themselves sitting uh, in a shared workspace um, doing contract work all over the world, which is not, you know, uh, unreasonable to believe. It's a very different uh, kind of personal goal professionally. So as a, again, somebody marketing higher education, that's really what you need to be thinking about. Tom, I could play 20 questions with you based on everything that you just said, because, sure. and it's, I won't do that. We don't have time, but there was so much great insight here. If I had to pick one route to go with, it's back to 9-11 how that was not a memory. I mean, I have a sister who is a Gen Z born just months after 9-11. 
Would you say nothing better personifies the difference between millennials and Gen Z than Y2K? Yeah, I think that too. I think they're, they're, you're absolutely right. For, for those uh, millennials who lived through, you know, this idea that, that technology could, could bring us down in that way, right? And then in the end, it really wasn't an issue. Um, I think it definitely uh, created a different approach towards technology. And I think that, that approach towards technology and how they use technology is very different. Social media is a great example. Um, overall, millennials were definitely digital pioneers, right? They saw the, the, the real broad use, first broad use of smartphones, of Wi-Fi. Many millennials I talked to actually kind of remember doing dial-up, right? And having to get on, you know, to, to take the phone <laughs> oh, offline in order, order to use the, the, the internet. Gen Z doesn't know that that pain of waiting to no. see if you get a signal, right? And hearing that the bleeps and bloops of, of the connection, they don't get that. It's always been there. They've always had Wi-Fi. So this, it's, a, it's a totally different um, relationship with technology. And with social media, social media was never a novelty for Gen Z. It's always been a tool. Millennials, you know, they might probably cut their, their social media teeth very possibly on sites that really are, are either don't exist or not very popular right now. They might have had a Friendster account or they might have <laughs> had, uh, you know, a MySpace account, right? Um, yeah. I understand these things come and go and they're, they were fun and then kind of ephemeral, uh, but, but not if you're, if you're Gen Z. If Gen Z, social media has not only been always a part of your life, it's always been part of your parents' life. You're, you're, you're Gen Z, chances are your parents always had a Facebook page. Um, or or as, as long as you've been alive, right? So, or as long as you can remember anyway. Yeah. So that relationship, and it's very different. Where millennials, yes, they're using social media as a tool, but still largely as something for fun and entertainment and connecting with friends. Gen Zers are using it completely as a tool. It is so integrated into their lives that it's not, it's not even a second thought to use social media in that way. Yeah, to, to kind of follow up on that, and then I'll let Casey take the next question. You talked about uh, Tom Torello joining Casey Madsen and me here on the Capital Marketer Podcast, Blaze Bryant, about how Gen Zs have this sort of individualistic working style. Given how integrated social media is into their lives, how much of that do you think, or maybe you're even able to theorize, has to do with the fact that screens are so central to their being. It, it, that's absolutely true. They spend more time uh, with screens in front of you, in front of them. Um, you know, the hours per week, uh, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I want to say it's about, or per day, like seven and a half versus 11 for millennials versus Gen Z. Uh, they average five different screens per day that they're on. I can't even name five different screens, honestly, as a, as a Gen Xer. I'm not sure, like they, they know some screens that I don't know. Uh, so it's, it's, and they're often more than one at a time, right? They're watching television and they're on their smartphones and they're doing, not that, that us Gen Xers aren't doing that also, but it's, it's again, a different relationship with the technology. Um, so yeah, there's a, a, they are almost constantly in front of a screen. There's a digital presence almost uh, their entire waking lives. Um, 
And uh, it's, it's, again, just a fully integrated part of their lives in a way that it really isn't for millennials, even Gen X. We feel like we're on our phones all the time, but we're not compared to this generation. Tom, um, something I was reading, which I found really interesting, is that Gen Z is the most diverse generation in the U.S., but they're actually the most similar uh, because of social media and the standard that that creates. Um, so I just thought that was like a very interesting statistic. And I wanted to know, you know, your thoughts on that as it relates to marketing on social media. Casey, you're absolutely right. Um, and this is the most diverse generation, uh, particularly in this country that we've ever had. 48% um, of Gen Zers are people of color. Uh, that was 39% for millennials. That's a huge jump. We think of almost a 10% difference. Mm -hmm. This will be the last generation that, uh, that is predominantly white. Um, that the next generation, which we're now calling Generation Alpha, to look up with a better name for them, yeah. will be Great uh, more than 50%. Will be more than, <laughs> um, we've gone, you know, we need to move into the Greek alphabet maybe, but we'll, they will be more than 50% um, uh, people of color. That changes things. Uh, even uh, if you look at the Latinx population amongst Gen Z, they're more likely to be second and third generation than millennials were, who were, were more likely to be first uh, generation. So you see that's a significant drop. First generation uh, Latinx Gen Zers as a percentage overall is, is down compared to millennials. So um, the demographics have changed. That being said, there is more of a shared experience. So I think what you're saying, Casey, I think the point is that they are connected in ways they're not that other generations weren't. They're not um, just exposed to their immediate surroundings and to the to the families and communities they grew up in, but they're right. just as likely to to have a strong connection with somebody they've never met who's uh, lives a thousand miles away from them who has a very different lifestyle but yet shares a common interest. Um, so it, there is a lot of commonality, and and those those social media platforms where things, you know, where, where people are sharing information and sharing trends and, and uh, all that information is being absorbed does sort of level the playing field a little bit as far as that goes. I feel like a good example of this is that um, the hot topics going on right now through the social media channels um, with the middle hair parts and uh, mom and baggy jeans, it's like yeah. um, people can unite behind trends more than they ever have before. Uh, you're absolutely right. I think that and part of it is like, like all generations, Gen Z are trying to put a little space between themselves yeah. and, and the millennials, right? They're trying to say, they're trying to, <laughs> they know they're different and the millennials are but they're trying to kind of stand their ground and stand up a little bit to their, to, to this, their senior generation there. Right. Those aren't their parents. <laughs> Those are their older brothers and sisters, right? They're not necessarily I mean, their parents are us. They're the Gen Xers probably, or, or you know, but so you don't get a lot of millennial parents of Gen Z, but there's some. But for the most part, they're standing up for their older brothers and sisters or younger uncles and, and aunts and saying, no, no, we're, we're making the decisions now. We're setting style now. 
Um, and we're the ones who decide what's hot and what's not, and you you all don't get to do that anymore. So we're going to push back. And ultimately, they're 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 skipping back to '80s and '90s and, and early 2000s styles, right. and just kind of bringing those full <laughs> circle, right? So they're lowrider jeans and uh, butterfly tops, whatever it may be, that were very popular. You know, go back when I was in high school. That suddenly have uh, this this generation has said, no, this is our style, um, and, and which happens every every generation. But this is just them sort of asserting themselves. They're at an age now where they can. Uh, they have some power, if you will, have a voice and have found their voice. And they're using that to, to put a little space between them and the, and the, the millennials. Yeah, I, it's interesting, Tom, to kind of observe how millennials view the world as a collective versus how Gen Zs view the world and how there seems to be this narrative this is kind of a risky road for me to go down. And I, I fully acknowledge this where cancer culture seems to be prevalent yet the rate of acceptance seems to be higher. And I think for older generations, millennials included, which I am a millennial a couple of years older than Casey, but that's a really difficult thing for some people, maybe me to a degree, to kind of wrap our heads around. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. And I think um, what's interesting is there, there are places where millennials and, and Gen Zs uh, are far apart, including skinny jeans and, and hair parts, but with some other things that we talked about. Uh, but around politics, there's there's less... Uh, of, a, of a differentiation. You see about the same percentage of, of liberal versus conservative, Republican, and that hasn't changed dramatically. It's ticked a little bit to, to the left, um, mm -hmm. but not dramatically. So it's, it's a, there's one place where they can kind of come together. And I think it's around some of these issues you talked about with this idea of broader acceptance of, 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 of trying to better understand other communities. And it goes back to what we were talking about with KC before, they're exposed to a lot more. They're not just exposed, you know, on a day-to-day basis to the people in their school and the people in their family, um, and then don't know how to deal with somebody when they do meet somebody who's very different than them. They are exposed to people who are very different than them all the time. Um, so there, there tends to be more of that tolerance, as you said, that more of that interest of, of being accepting and mm -hmm more intolerance possibly of older generations who d don't have that comfort level. And so they're pushing back on those things and saying, right. well, we can make some change. And again, they're so comfortable with, with social media and just this idea that they have a voice that they can use. Where I think, again, earlier generations, Gen X, millennials, it was tough to have that voice. You know, you, who are you gonna talk to? How are you gonna reach out? How could you, if you wanted to speak to a million people, where was your opportunity to do that? You probably, you know, couldn't get past the the 25 people, you know, sitting in a classroom with you, let alone being able to post something and suddenly uh, you've got a million views on YouTube based on your opinion and your thoughts. So they 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 feel that power, I think, and um, maybe they don't know exactly how they want to wield it yet, but they think they know they want to wield it. Yeah, I mean, one of the areas where there kind of seems to be a 
huge divide is comfort with being on the phone, actually having a phone conversation. At least in my observations, not a lot of, I mean, a fair amount of millennials appear to be comfortable on the phone. Gen Z's, that seems like a fairly difficult reach as a generalization. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I mean, they don't, when they think about being on the phone, they don't think of it the same way, do they? They don't, they don't make calls, right? They, they, it's not their go-to um, way of communicating, whereas previous generations, again, millennials, Gen X, uh, if you need to talk to somebody and it was important, you picked up the phone and you made a call. Because uh, that was it. Those were your options. You didn't have a lot of options. Uh, this group, that's sort of a, a last resort, I think, is actually having that phone call. There's a lot of other ways to have that conversation without necessarily tying up you know, the, uh, yourself on the phone. Part of it is that if I'm texting you, I can be doing five other things at the same time. If I'm on the phone with you and having a conversation, it's a little more difficult. So that multitasking that they're so comfortable with um, gets shut down a little bit when they're having an actual person-to-person conversation. That being said, there are numbers out there that say that Gen Z actually desire in-person interactions with their friends even more than millennials, that there's still a real desire to be with their friends. The thing is, when they're with their friends, they are also with, in person, they never let go of that, that, that digital connection. So they're bringing people from the outside and other connections into them. So they're taking their in-person friendship group and expanding it dramatically by, by connecting with others, by being on their phones, by sharing videos, by um, being on Snapchat, whatever it may be. There's a, it's, it's a really interesting dynamic. But you're right, the, 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 the phone call itself is becoming a, a lost art for many of the kids in this generation. I say kids, but they're, they're not all, you know, they're, they're coming through college, they're, they're graduating and going into the workplace and uh, soon they'll be creating their own generation. That is funny. Um, you know, that phone calls have kind of phased out, even though our phones are glued to our sides now, particularly with millennials and Gen Z. Although I think Gen X and older too, like everyone's glued to their phone. And that um, has changed the way like we reach people. Obviously, people are reachable all the time. And then also changed the way people make purchases as well. So people are making purchases right from their phone, not even going on a computer anymore to research products and things like that. Yeah, Casey, you're making a really good point, too, about how the different uh, generations like to shop and what yeah. they're willing to pay for. And this goes back to what I said at the very beginning. Also, uh, millennials are willing to pay more for the experience uh, of, of working with a company or a brand or, or making a purchase. So they value that customer experience and are willing to pay more for it. Not so much Gen Z, they are very focused on getting the best price and the best bargain for something. Hmm. Um, and again, I think it's growing up uh, during an economic boom, as many of the uh, millennials did, and really growing up during a recession, as uh, Gen Z did. So there's, there's, uh, there's a difference in, in the willingness to pay a premium for the experience. Gen Z is really much more about uh, that digital, you know, getting online, making that purchase, instant gratification. They can't find the right price from you. They go to the next. They'll price shop. They'll buy what they want instantly, and they're doing it all on their phone. I mean, the amount of of again, these are tools for them in a way that they aren't for other generations. 
Um, I know college students who write their entire papers on their phones. I, I don't know how. What? They, they will write an entire paper and submit it on their phone. I, I've seen it done because um, there's that comfort level. They spend that much time. It is, is no different than sitting in front of, you know, what was a, a typewriter or a laptop for, for others. Um, Gosh. So they're not yeah, worn out thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> you would think, but uh, I, again, I think it's, it's just the comfort level with the technology that you trust it enough to, to do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, the whole uh, typing with the thumbs concept, because <laughs> yeah. I, because I, I, you know, use a, a braille keyboard to, you know, do a lot of my yeah. typing and whatnot, or I'll, I'll use Siri, which, you know, that has mixed results like any weather forecast. Mm -hmm. uh, the whole concept of typing with your thumbs, that, that just yeah. purely boggles my mind how quickly people can type with their thumbs. And again, there's a comfort level of text-to-speech uh, with this generation that isn't that uh, isn't there yet with, with millennials and others. That they're willing to, to you say you can't really trust that text-to-speech technology. They understand that, but it's a great way to start. You know, again, if you right. write a paragraph, you maybe you speak it out and you go back. I, I mean, I, I don't have any numbers on on how many people are using uh, their smartphones to write papers. I sure. Personal experience, just having seen it before. But uh, you know, this generation's. Uh, uh, again, just sort of so comfortable with living in that world that it's, it's just very different. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, there are other key, we talked about what's different for, uh, for marketers, what they should know. I think they should know just, again, that personal brand is so important to them. Their, their personal image is important to them. Um, I hope this is surprising too, that this generation Gen Z, the numbers right now are showing that they are, they're drinking less, they're taking less drugs, they're having less sex. Um, and it's believed that's largely driven because they're so careful about curating a public image, their online image, that uh, they don't wanna risk doing something that's, that could harm them because they understand whatever they do is public at this point. There is no, nothing happens in private anymore. Uh, right. So they need to be very careful. So going out and getting, you know, uh, drunk with your friends and, and that's showing up, you know, somewhere on, suddenly it's public and it, it might detract from their overall sort of personal brand. Programming note, right? Said Fred will not be our next guest on the Capital Market <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Casey, do you have any final thoughts for Tom? Um, no, this was great and really helpful, Tom. Um, appreciate your time. I guess maybe I could ask you one last parting question about something that I really love that I see on social media and I want to know your thoughts on it. Um, sure. And that is, I, I feel like a lot of brands, well, we know that millennials like authentic brands and Gen Z does as well. And so I feel like more and more now we see brands on their social channels, obviously using more like real photos, but I feel like more than ever, we're seeing brands um, using humor to connect with their audiences. So like, for example, one of my favorite examples of this is like Wendy's on Twitter does this thing where they roast people um, and people can write in to get roasted and different examples like that. I've seen TikToks of like people with the potato um, filter and the caption was like, can't believe my boss let me post this. I think this was on like the Food Network's TikTok. <laughs> um, and so we're seeing more and more brands use that humor and authentic, authentic content to connect with audiences. So um, do you like that? What do you think about it? Do you think it's going to keep um, going even farther? 
Yeah, I think uh, you, you brought up a brand relationship between the, the two um, generations differs as well. Millennials um, are, are tend to be more loyal to brands, Gen Z less okay. loyal. Um, millennials tend to look for celebrity endorsements versus um, the influencers that the Gen Zs are looking for, who are people who aren't celebrities, but they're 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 they're, they're influencers. They they, they, right. they actually make their professions as influencers a little different. They're on different platforms, right? Millennials are sort of Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. Gen Z is Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat. With Instagram being like the one place they really, um, and TikTok, uh, uh, where they kind of really overlay each other there. But I think anytime you can tap into, and it's it's challenging to do, but anytime you can kind of tap into those trends and become part of that uh, that generation's daily conversation. That's very powerful and it's worth a lot, yeah. but it's really easy not to do it wrong, to think you're the cool <laughs> kid and realize you're not, you know, that, so Wendy's uh, more power to them have found yeah. a way to do that in a way that feels authentic and fun and that people are enjoying. Um, and other brands have tried to step in and do the same thing and, and be like Wendy's and have failed yeah. miserably. Hey, because they weren't the first ones to do it. So people realize they're just trying to copy Wendy's and B, they just don't have the skill to do it. Right. Uh, and the same thing on TikTok. I think brands are are wading into TikTok now, very carefully, because uh, it, you know there, there's great ways to, to to have some fun with it, to get on trend. But again, it's really easy to fall on your face if you don't know what you're doing and you're not doing it in an authentic way that that the audience is receiving. They'll 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 sniff out the the disingenuous uh, immediately, and it'll hurt your brand more than help. So if, sure. if you're going to do these things, if you're really going to get in and, and you and try to be clever and really tap in, and humor is a great way to do that, um, make sure you're working with the right people to do that, with somebody who really understands the medium and understands the audience. Absolutely. Well, let's go get Baconators and Frosties. Ah, <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, I, could, I could go for a Frosty right now. Absolutely. And, Same. Yeah. And then uh, after we get back with our Baconators and Frosties, as we socially distance gather here, Tom Torello will be talking about the differences between marketing to millennials and Gen Z on Wednesday, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day at 1 o'clock p.m. Info and registration is at amanycapital.org. AMA members, it's free. Non-members, you have to pay something. So just becoming an AMA member, 149 bucks annually, then everything's free. What a good return on the investment. And uh, Tom, I can't thank you enough. Uh, Casey, a great job on your first uh, podcast here. Really well done. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You know, I, hopefully I didn't scare you off too much. And <laughs> you, you want to co-host another one? Yes, absolutely. Didn't scare me too bad. Okay. Did, I just, get, did I just get fired, Blaze? <laughs> no. Did I just get fired from no, you my did not get fired. Okay. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe, maybe the two of you will, because the two of you work so well together, maybe I'll just kind of sit back and edit this, you know, you know these podcasts moving forward. Anyhow, the only way to really know is keep up with us on social media. 
So that's that's how we do the uh, long and winding road. A good Gen X reference as we talk about millennials and Gen Z. <laughs> this has been fun, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, boys. Thank you. Thank Casey. you.